Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on January 21st, 2024. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you would like to contribute financially to help sustain the ministries at St. Mark's, you'll find information on how to do that there as well. And now, here's Pastor Mark Gravrock with the Gospel reading. The Holy Gospel for this third Sunday of Epiphany is written in Mark's Gospel, chapter 1. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. The Gospel of our Lord. Follow me. I'll teach you to fish for people. What is that? What does that mean? Do you want to learn how to fish for people? Grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. There are lots of rules and guidelines for the craft of preaching, but here's the most important rule that I was ever taught. Preacher, if you don't need to hear this, neither do I. That is to say, I'm called to proclaim the scripture, I'm called to proclaim the gospel, but if it hasn't somehow connected with me, if the word hasn't addressed me, then I have nothing to say to you. Today's gospel reading from Mark, where is it addressing me? I have to confess that I have been feeling a little jaded lately. Maybe I've been listening to the news too much. Maybe I've been soaking too much, soaking up too much about a brutal war and too much about our divisive politics. It's all making me wrestle. When has God's kingdom ever come on earth in any kind of visible, tangible form? When have things ever worked out right, peacefully and justly? Well, don't get me wrong. I believe it. I believe the gospel with all my heart. But I believe and I wrestle at the same time. I believe and my faith tussles with my jadedness. Maybe some of you are in the same boat. If so, this is for you as well as for me. And so today's gospel, comes, gospel reading comes smack up against my jadedness and world weariness. And I find I need to go there and look at that. So I invite you to humor me. Maybe you're there too. In a moment, I'll put myself on the scene there in Galilee as Jesus proclaims his message in order to flesh out my own wrestling. But first, let me set the scene here in Mark. We are only 13 verses into Mark's gospel at this point. Mark has given us rapid fire, John the Baptist, then Jesus' baptism, then Jesus' testing out in the desert. That's 13 verses worth, and Jesus hasn't spoken yet. 
Now, verse 14 and 15, Jesus speaks for the first time. His opening proclamation and the call of these four fishermen afterwards, these verses set the stage for the entire rest of Mark's gospel. Everything else in Mark flows out from this beginning. This opening proclamation is packed. Virtually every word is loaded. We could do an entire hour-long Bible study on the words of just verse 15. Don't worry, we're not going to. Not right now, anyway. Once we're done plumbing the words of verse 15, here is Jesus' proclamation in some changed words. It's time. The waiting is done. God's unkingdom has arrived. It's right here in front of you. Turn around and trust what I'm telling you. Let me say that again. It's time. The waiting is done. God's unkingdom has arrived. It's right here. Turn around and trust what I'm telling you. So back to my jaded wrestling. I'll enlist the help of someone back there on the scene. The time has come. God's kingdom is at hand. Yeah, I've heard that before. Oh, I caught that fervor myself once, maybe twice, back in my teens and 20s. Centuries of suffering and oppression, plus the excitement and the energy and the idealism of youth. Sure, I caught that fire myself. God was stepping in. God's Messiah was on the, in the wings. Soon and very soon, God would turn things back right side up again. But you live through that once or twice. You give yourself to one of those revolutionary movements, and then you watch what happens. Watch how you either get crushed by the powers, or if your team actually wins for a while, then soon they become oppressors themselves. You do that once or twice, and soon that cry, the time has come, sounds like, yeah, same old, same old. Just within my own lifetime here in Israel, I have watched Messiah after Messiah come and go. There was Judas ben Hezekiah, who took over the palace in Sephoris and then terrorized his own people. There was Simon, who proclaimed himself king down in Jericho. Rome took off his head. There was that shepherd, Athrongis, a peasant brigand who, wished, who was going to be king. He held out for three years before Rome crucified him and a thousand of his companions. There's that Essene community, that monastic community down there at Qumran near the Dead Sea. They have been there for decades, separating themselves out both from Rome and from Jerusalem and preparing for this great war between light and darkness that they say is coming. Sure, that stuff was tempting and dazzling even when I was young, but it always ends badly. Nothing ever improves. The time has come. Yeah, been there, done that. And, and here's the thing. It's not only that it never seems to play out. It's not only that God's kingdom never seems to arrive. It's also that these movements just provoke more and more hatred. Us versus them. Winners and losers. The faithful and the sinners. Our group versus everybody else. As you can guess, I wasn't very excited when Jesus came to town. Sure, I'd heard his name. 
Who hadn't? Rabbi Jesus from that hick town Nazareth up in the hills? I had heard the stir. I had heard the questions, could this be the one? Nope, not for me. Been there, done that. So Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth comes to our fair town of Capernaum. Capernaum by the sea, gateway to Galilee. Jesus comes to town, and before you know it, he's hawking his message. It's time. The waiting is done. God's kingdom has arrived. It's right here in front of you. Turn around and trust what I'm telling you. Yep, the same old nonsense that fired me up when I was young. The same old promise that never comes true. The same old vision that Rome crushes again and again. The only thing is, Jesus doesn't sound like just another huckster. Jesus doesn't come across like a wild-eyed rebel or an angry brigand. He doesn't sound like some dreamy visionary. There's something engaging about him. There's something about his eyes that capture you and that see right into your heart. There's something about his voice that both calms you and ignites you at the same time. Still, same old stuff that I've heard all my life. Same old stuff that goes nowhere. I shrug it off and I go back to my trade. My trade? I'm a merchant. I'm often there at the seashore when the men bring in their catch of fish from the sea. I buy the fish and I deliver them to the local markets and to the exporters. I happen to be there this particular day at Seaside when Simon and Andrew, you know them, they live just up the street here next to the synagogue. Simon and Andrew are there hauling in another catch. And Jesus is standing there. He's watching them. And then he calls out to them. Hey, boys, follow me. I'll teach you how to fish for people. And they do. They haul in their catch, and then they drop everything and follow this guy. Now, I don't know if they've talked with Jesus before or if this is sudden and out of the blue. I have no idea, but either way, it's dramatic, and frankly, it's just a little shocking. I know these guys. They're ordinary, hardworking, down-to-earth men of Galilee, not dreamy-eyed visionaries or would-be revolutionaries. But this Jesus just says, follow me. And they follow him. And it's not just these two. Zebedee's boys, James and John, they do the same thing. They abandon their dad, dad to the nets and they follow Jesus too. And what's this about teaching them to fish for people? What is that? I'll teach you how to gather people in your nets instead of fish. Well, it doesn't take very long before I begin to see what that means. Day after day in our peaceful town, Jesus is meeting people, embracing people, healing people, honoring people, taking people seriously. And pretty quickly, Jesus starts rubbing the powers the wrong way. The hotshot religious experts, the upright pillars of society, the agents of Jerusalem and Rome, Jesus gets under their skin. He seems to play loose with the rules just a little bit. He flouts our expectations. He steps around social mores. And always it seems because there is someone there who's been excluded. Someone on the margins. Someone scorned by the proper people. Someone shut out by the law. 
Jesus doesn't keep proper boundaries. The unclean, those kind of people, the folks from the wrong side of the tracks, women, the poor, those who work those jobs that nobody else will work, those whose sexuality is questionable, those who carry disease, those who live the wrong ways, the vermin, the scum of society, those who pollute our bloodstream, Samaritans, Gentiles, Romans, tax collectors and quislings. It doesn't seem to matter. Jesus greets them all. He touches them all. Jesus listens to them all. Jesus forgives them all. Jesus heals them all. And that bugs our leaders to no end. And I have to confess, it bothers me a bit too. And then it dawns on me. It dawns on me that Jesus is gathering. Jesus and his fishermen followers are gathering people, fishing for people and gathering them in a net of welcome. He's not gathering a religious elite like those Qumran folks down by the, by the Dead Sea. He's not gathering fighters like the zealots or the dagger men who go out to assassinate. He's not gathering an army. He's gathering a community of nobodies and making them somebodies. He's gathering outcasts and making them family. I'm, I'm no Bible expert, but I do remember hearing this in synagogue from the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord God, who gathers the outcasts of Israel, I will gather still more besides those I've already gathered. So I told you that I'm feeling rather jaded by this point in my life. Been there, done that. The time has come, same old, same old. I've seen far too much of us versus them, of winners and losers, of power grabs and power plays, and it always turns out the same, just more bloodshed and brutality and sorrow. But there's something different going on here. This Jesus, this agent of the gathering God, is doing something brand new. If this is a play for kingdom, it's a funny upside-down kingdom. It's an unkingdom. It's time. The waiting is done. God's reign has arrived. It's right here in front of you. Turn around and trust what I'm telling you. God's reign has arrived right in front of you. I'm watching it as Jesus and his fishermen gather broken people together. It's time. The waiting is done. We've been waiting for the wrong thing all along, hankering for power, for winning. Here's the real thing right before my eyes. Turn around, repent, and trust what I'm telling you. I guess I do have some repenting to do, to repent of wanting my side to win, to repent of thinking that it's all about winning and losing to repent of imagining that it's a world of us versus them, to repent of my needing to be right, to repent of my needing to be in charge, to repent of demonizing others. Well, Jesus glances in my direction as he passes by. It's time, he says. God's new thing is here, right in front of you. Turn around. Trust me. 
for me too, Lord? Open my eyes. Open my heart. Amen. You've been listening to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. Thanks for joining us.